and thank you for listening to another episode of the Community Connections Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Warner, and we are going to do something a little bit different today because we have quite a few guests that are going to be featured on this episode. And really, what we're trying to do is highlight some of the work that the staff of Hospice to Davidson County do every single day and sort of what it means for them to do that work. You know, November is National Hospice and Palliative Care Month. And each year there's a theme, and the theme this year is meeting you where you are. And Hospice of Davidson County feels like they do that in the community through the care that the staff provides. So we wanted to bring the perspectives of the staff to you. So first up today, uh, we're going to hear from Megan Owens. Megan Owens is a facility team nurse case manager. And she's been on the podcast before, so you're familiar with her voice. We always appreciate her contributions. And so, Megan, I'll go to you first. For you, that statement, meeting you where you are, what does that mean for you and your work as a hospice case manager? So for me, uh, my patients are in facilities, whether it be um, a long-term care, skilled nursing facility, or um, assisted living facility. But the main thing is just taking the time to understand, you know, their story, what brought them to hospice, um, what their disease has looked like in the past, what they want their journey to look like. You know, I always tell my families and patients, this is their journey. We're just here to walk with them and to support them, provide education, symptom management. We learn about each patient and family members, what barriers they they may have. We tailor our education to those barriers to help them learn how they can help care for their family member. We also do this for the facility staff members. We help them find any resources that they may need, whether it be um, adding in chaplain services or bereavement counseling, um, volunteer services, We learn about what their goals are for their journey as far as like pain management. You know, some some patients may be okay with their pain level being a three and some patients may expect no pain. So we have to tailor our care plans to each patient um, and family member to make sure that we're meeting those needs for their individualized goals. Um, We try to keep an open mind and, you know, realize that every patient is different. And we really try to learn about our patient and families and just really, really get to know them and the time that we have to care for them. You know, just just try to to meet each goal that they have and to make this hospice journey the best it can be, even in a sad time. Thank you, Megan. I really appreciate that perspective. And we, again, always thank you for your contributions to the podcast. Next up, we have Emily Sullivan, and Emily is a bereavement counselor and a licensed clinical mental health counselor associate here at Hospice of Davidson County, and I think she's been here just a little bit over a year and has been working with those after a loss, you know, those family members, those in the community who have recently experienced a loss and has a unique perspective on this. So Emily, I'll I'll pose this same question to you. Meeting people where they are in the community, hospice families, what does that mean for you and your work? Thank you. So meeting people where they are. In my area, this is both, we do this both literally and figuratively. So, you know, there's a literal meaning there. 
meeting people where they are can mean making our counseling services accessible to them. So if they need to come in person to the office, we have that available to them. If they need remote counseling, for example, like over Zoom, that's available to them. There have even been, you know, situations where I have, there have been situations where I've visited homes, especially for like a patient who is bed bound. Um, there are also other rare situations where the grief counseling or bereavement counseling can be over the phone if that is the only option. So really as making it as accessible as we can, that would be kind of the literal definition for me of meeting them where they are. But there's also a figurative definition that I feel really drawn to meet for our patients and patient families in the bereavement counseling area. Basically what that would mean for me figuratively, meeting them where they are really refers to greeting my patients with respect and compassion no matter what state they're in, um, you know, no matter where they are at their current phase in life, you know, whatever their struggles are, you know, whatever their mental health status might be even, or even physical health status um, that can be impacting them emotionally. Meeting them where they are means to, to greet and approach them in a way that is non-judgmental, but also that is respectful. You know, um, I think it's easy for people to think that if you're going to counseling, it's, you know, it's because you're struggling with something. And um, that's often the case, especially with grief counseling. You know, a lot of people who are seeing me, it's because they're struggling with grief in some way or a loss. Um, but it's important to, to respect them and to respect where they are, even if we know they're here because they're struggling we can still be respectful and compassionate. Um, to me, that's that's the more figurative meaning of meeting them where they are. And that's how I tend to use it in my area. Thank you for that, Emily. And next we have Amy Johnson. Amy is a Hinkle Hospice House uh, registered nurse. And she's been with us. I, I, Amy, I believe it was for a while and then took so, took some time away and then came back. Is that right? Yeah, it's been eight plus years altogether. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And so we know that you have seen uh, many, many patients come through the Hinkle House during their end of life journey. And so we would really love to hear your perspective. So again, this is an episode where people are going to hear the same question answered by each of our incredible staff here that we have on today. So Amy, I, I would put it to you, meeting families where they are, what does that mean for you and your work here at Hospice of Davidson County? Well, I know it's it's a little, it can be most of the time it is a little different with the inpatient unit because most patients are getting down to that end of life. So I think that a lot changes as far as physical, emotional, and social and spiritual needs at that point because of, you know just helping them through that end journey and respecting their choices and involving the patient and the families with with the choices, just providing the best quality of life we can for that, for that remaining time that they have, just helping, you know, manage symptoms. And if they are having 
emotional, social, spiritual needs, just making sure we're involving the appropriate person to help guide them and support them. I think just caring for for the person as a whole and individual. Everybody's everybody's not not the same as far as how they want to do things. Well, thank you, Amy. We appreciate that. And I think you said something there that I find interesting that it is different in the inpatient unit because um, it's one thing for our, our staff to go into people's homes. It's another thing for them to sort of be in a different environment and trying to make that uh, peaceful and and relaxing and as an environment of healing, even in that hard time, right? Even that most difficult, vulnerable time. So thank yeah. you for that, Amy. And up next, we have Emma Hilton. She is a spiritual counselor here uh, in the Hinkle Hospice House as well, but also in some of our facilities. And uh, is sort of new to us, has been doing spiritual counseling in, in hospital systems for a while now, and we're, we're thankful to have her here with us today. So from a, I guess, chaplain or spiritual counselor perspective, that term meeting families where they are, what is that for you? Yeah, so meeting families where they are is about getting to know their story. There's an image of chaplain as story catcher. And so that means getting to hear about the person before the illness, before they were in a facility, before they joined us at the inpatient unit. So really getting to know the whole person and their support system. And my goal is not to move someone toward something. It is about providing space, space for sharing, space for their questioning. And then I'm able to offer insight and appropriate interventions from there. So that looks like facilitating spiritual needs. So do we need to reach out to a clergy person? Do we need to create some sort of ritual? Do I maybe need to make a referral to another team member? And so what does it look like to just hold this space with them. For me, that's what it means to meet someone where they are. Thank you for that. I appreciate you drawing in some of those uh, really personal held beliefs and values into the situation. And I know that that uh, our next person that we have up, Crystal Waller, uh, you know, has some of the same perspectives that she's been so gracious to share before on our podcast. So we'll welcome Crystal Waller. She is the Hinkle Hospice House social worker, as well as an end-of-life doula. And she actually came on here to discuss that a little bit. And uh, Crystal's been, uh, Crystal, is it, is it four years? It is. It is four years. Yeah, four it. years. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, I know that the families, I just personally have heard stories of how you've touched our families. And you just most recently talked about uh, that end-of-life doula certification uh, that you received on our podcast a few months back. And I know what a powerful tool that is for our families as well. So in this theme of, of again, uh, I, I, we, we talk about on the podcast as being community because this is, this is sort of for everyone here in Davidson County and abroad. Um, but for hospice families that you impact each and every day, there has to be something that comes to mind when we talk about meeting families where they are. And, I, and I'd love to hear what that is for you. For me, and it is something that uh, became very uh, evident to me during the doula training. Um, I have to keep my own self in check um, and and be aware 
of my preconceived ideas, um, you know, about culture, society norms, um, and and how I think and and how I think something should be maybe very very different than my patient or my patient families, and I have to realize, you know, as I'm listening and and trying to, you know, listen more than I talk, um, be aware of my body. If I feel tension or maybe even a little bit of anger coming up to think, to, to know that this is about me, this is not about them. And to put that on the back shelf and just be open um, to where the people are coming from. Um, I had to realize that there's a big difference between assessment and judgment. You never want to judge anyone for their decisions or, or their lifestyles or, you know, where they came from. And then I think the last one was just um, be ready to respond rather than react. And keeping myself out of that reactive mode is, again, just being very in tune to my own stuff and not letting that get in the way and be open to learning um, from other people. Especially the, the point there between assessment and judgment. Hospice is a clinical service. You know, that means that we're providing medical care, we're providing emotional care, we're providing spiritual care. And these are all very clinical things. And, and in order for us to be helpful to people, there is a lot of assessment, history taking, understanding what's happening that, that goes on, especially when we first come in. But there is such a huge difference that that as as staff, as providers, as people, we always want to be on that non-judgmental side of things because absolutely each person's perspective, especially at end of life, is is a is a valid thing that we don't want to make somebody feel different, even even really bad about. I mean, I, I hate to use that word, but but that's what can happen when people feel judged, when they don't feel heard, when they don't feel validated, right? And so you really spoke to that, Crystal, the idea that assessment is different than judgment. And it is our call, not just as hospice providers, but to work at Hospice of Davidson County. That's one thing I can say is we are called to be great clinical, but also great human caregivers. Mm-hmm. And, and that's super important. And so your perspectives are always welcome on that, Crystal. So thank you for that. Thank you, Cole. Okay. And lastly, today, we are going to hear from Chief Executive Officer of Hospice of Davidson County, Laura Owen. So Laura, I'm going to pose the question to you, um, as everyone's heard it a million times. Hospice and Palliative Care Month, the sort of theme is meeting people where they are. And so I'd love to know from you what it means for you, that saying, meeting people where they are in your work in hospice. Well, Cole, thanks for inviting me to share a few perspectives. Um, I think it's really important to remember that for the patient, for the patient and their caregivers or their family members, this may be their first end of life experience. And for those of us who were in the hospice space, we may have been at the bedside of hundreds of deaths and they all are uniquely uh, specific to that individual, or at least that's been my experience. Um, I think it's important to remember that we shouldn't project any of our 
library of experiences or even personal views and beliefs on the patient and on those folks at the bedside. Um, because if we do, we are stealing that experience from them. And we may share things that uh, are more hurtful than helpful for them to hear. And we also might be a barrier for healing of a different kind and for that patient's deeper understanding of themselves, who they are in relation to all the people that love them and what gave meaning to their lives. I've had a number of my family members cared for at the Hinkle Hospice House and in all the other settings. And I've had or been involved in a number of beautiful passings and supported deaths of friends and family and uh, community members. And they've really been all in very different groupings if we were to group them. I mean, how one experiences death when you're 95 might uh, go a little differently than a traumatic death or one of my dearest childhood boyfriends passed away very young and um, in a nursing home with a very complex disease process. So, you know, end of life is more than just the physical symptoms. It's, it's emotional, it's psychosocial, it's spiritual. And that individual's needs are going to be just so complex and so different. And, and we don't want to force what that understanding and that healing process may look like for them. I mean, one of the agency's purpose statements is that we are committed and dedicated to alleviating suffering of all kinds. And in doing so, we must accept and uh, recognize and validate and value the individual before us and all those folks who are connected deeply to that individual. End of life can be very healing, very restorative. My early on experiences were with the aged, but when my brother-in-law was passing away, I realized how powerful the hospice support and care team was in terms of healing emotional suffering and providing a psychosocial and emotional restorative presence for him. It was a beautiful thing. So I think for, for caregivers, family members, and especially for our staff and professionals, you know, it's really important that at the bedside or when we've been called and we've been asked questions, you know, that we just be present, that we listen, that we are allowing and validating of all perspectives, and that we demonstrate great and deep compassion by not offering any kind of judgment and just being there in the moment for whatever presents or whatever comes forward in conversation or to be the one holding somebody's hand at the end of life. Uh, I think that if it is, is an individual's preference, nobody dies alone, that even just being quietly at the bedside can offer, you know, great comfort. So 
and meeting people where they are, <laughs> we really just have to look to them to guide that process and to be open to their path and their end of life experience. Well, thank you for giving us that perspective and, and some of those points. So many of them, um, I think we all hit on in terms of being present and finding that space in the moment, right, to be with them. And so that that's pretty amazing. And, you know, hopefully you found this episode, we're trying to tell a story through one question. And uh, hopefully you heard that story from all the, the great men and women that make up Hospice of Davidson County and provide that care in our community every single day. So again, I'll say thank you to the staff for coming on and sharing your stories. We look forward to, uh, we're wrapping up season two here and, and sort of this is coming out in, in the middle of Hospice and Palliative Care Month. We're looking forward to uh, continuing to bring content that is hopefully, you know, informational on one side, but also that it validates those experiences, those of you that have had uh, loved ones or uh, close experiences with hospice in general or our organization, as we know that that loss and, and death and grief can be isolating, but there's also healing, community, and support that uh, that can be found. If you like what you heard, we encourage you to please rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. You can always check out our website, hospiceofdavidson.org, for more episodes. <laughs>